Allow the Steelers. Steelers. The Steelers. We are always talking black and gold on SNR. Euler and Moats are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Ah, what's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? High noon on a Tuesday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler with you here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold for the next two hours. You already know the drill. You want to chime in, you can get at us on the dot com. That is the Twitter.com, of course, at Wesley Euler at the body 52. The body. Uh, do we tell the people now or do we tease it? Man, because we've got that, a that's... show. We've got a show announcement. You're right. Some point this week. I mean, today or third. Like, we, I feel like true radio people. We got to tease it. We say tease it. Okay. You can't just drop you're it right, right now. You're you right. Look at man. Look at you. That's what they say. You pick it. You picking this thing up so fast. Man, I learned from the best. Uh, so let's do that. All right. We'll we'll tell everybody. You're right. We'll do the good old fashioned radio tease. Yeah. Right. We'll tell everybody we have an announcement for you. We have an announcement. That if you're a fan of the show, you will enjoy. You're gonna enjoy it. It's a programming alert, if you will. Alert, alert. <laughs> You'll be happy. <laughs> you will be happy, and we'll give that to you today before we get out of here. Arthur Motes, a whole bunch going on, a whole bunch that you and I still have to catch up on from our last show last week on Thursday. Uh, but I think chief most of them is since we last spoke on Thursday, we now have finalized schedules yes. for all 32 teams, including the Steelers, Steelers. A- across the National Football League. And it's it's always fun to me. You know, the NFL has done a, a great job of this for years, right? But it's they've made the combine such a big deal. And the NFL draft is such a huge weekend. And the schedule release, right? The, the NFL does a great job of this. In I mean, terms they're marketing of, geniuses. Right, so let's be real. Right. And in, in terms of... What's the best way to put this? Like never going away, you know, Correct. like like every other sport, it feels like. And, and maybe the NBA has started to get close to this. But I still feel like with the NBA, they do it more so globally. Yes. Whereas the NFL dominates the domestic territory in terms of how you said they, they make sure you're talking football 12 months out the year. Right. And it's never been, goes uh, away. And it's been something that we have all been fortunate enough to see the growth of. I mean, you think about when we were growing up. Football was just doing football season. Then the combine started to become televised. Then from there, it was the draft becoming a big deal. Then from there, free agency became a big deal. Yeah. Then it was OTAs and mini camps becoming big deals. Training camps being filmed with hard knocks. I mean, they have been masterful in terms of how they maneuver through yeah. just the the television space, the the conversation pieces and things True. like that. They always have some type of big event every month and i remember when they first decided to move up free agency and move the draft around as well with that whole thought process of hey we want a big event each month we want something for yep. people to look forward to each month and i mean i think it's paid dividends man that's why you have shows right like good morning football that they do a three-hour show every single day just every on football day. because there is plenty to talk about i mean and think about this out of all the major you know, you got NFL Network, NBA Network, MLB Network. The NFL Network is probably the one that's most viewed, has the highest ratings. Oh, for sure. Constantly talked about the most programming, live programming. I 100%. mean, you turn on NBA, they're going to throw back games. A lot Everything's of a throwback game. Classic, <laughs> classic. <laughs> NFL, man, good luck trying to find a classic game. Maybe now, but, right. but before. But, but they still, yeah. and, and that's still, they're not playing it throughout the whole day. 
they're going to have live shows for the majority of the day. Then they're going to hit you at that 7 o'clock, right. that 8 o'clock After hour. After dinner hey, time. We'll, we'll throw a game on for you now. Yeah, here's Super Bowl 37 right. to check out. <laughs> just just yeah. take that. Take that. Yeah. Um, any? Is there anything as it relates to the Steelers, anything that jumped out at you? I'll give you mine first. I like how it starts with the Steelers. Yeah, okay. Monday night football on the road, first week of the season. Maybe all things considered, you'd rather be kicking off at 1 o'clock on Sunday, the first week of the season. See, we're going to talk about that, though. Okay. I, I think it's, I mean, one, it's the selfish Steeler fan in me. You get to sit around all day Sunday and watch, you know, the first week of games. <laughs> you and I won't have to be working. We'll be able to just sit there and plop down and watch. I enjoyed that. But if you have to go on the road for Monday night football, I think maybe MetLife and against the Giants is the best place to do so. Uh, it's a team that has a brand new head coach, mm-hmm. brand new offensive coordinator, a lot of moving parts on but that. They're staff. bringing the Patriot way down there. They are though. bringing the Patriot Ooh. way down there. Uh, you've got a young quarterback, a young running back, an inexperienced offensive line. No, no, no. You, you, you see, you're diminishing them by saying young. We have rising star running uh, back in Saquon Barkley, arguably one of the top see, three running backs see, in the league to make right now. Feel good here, and you're okay. Just <laughs> you have Daniel Jones, another emerging star in this Danny league. I Dimes. mean, he kind of proved a little bit last year that hey, he can really do this thing. He is more legit than what the clips were showing of him in OTAs throwing the ball thirty yards past a receiver. That's so, fair. so I will say in context. Okay. In context, you're right. Yes. So let me say this. I'd rather go to MetLife Stadium and play the Giants week one on Monday Night Football than to go to Dallas and play the Cowboys. Oh, without a doubt. 100%. Or I know they're coming to Pittsburgh this year, but I'd rather see the Giants week one than see the Eagles week one. I mean, I'm not even going to lie to you. I, it's probably three teams that I would probably say I would rather see the Giants instead of, and it's still debatable. When I talk Cleveland Browns, they're one of them. Right. But I know just the rivalry associated with that and how they feel about right. the Steelers. That's a game that they get up for. So even with that, I still don't even know if I would necessarily want to see them week one. Right. I I think in terms of that division, right, uh, and again, I know Philly is coming here, but you'd much rather go to the Giants week one than to go to Dallas or go right. to Philly. Uh, and it's the kind of, you know, it's the two Monday night football game Monday but, to start but, but the season. Got, we, we do got the important one. But we have the important the one. 7 o'clock. Before, before no, nobody watches 10 o'clock. Before everybody goes to bed. I always let people like, oh, I'm going to watch 10 o'clock. I'm like, so, you're lying to yourself. You're and, not. And, and maybe this is where I'm going with all this, and I mean the same thing with Denver in week two. Mm-hmm. I look at the Giants and I look at the Broncos as their rosters and their coaching staffs are constructed right now, and I think those teams will be better, much better. Week six, seven, yes, eight, nine. Absolutely. Then they will be week one and two. I don't. I, I'm not like sitting here trying to for a few minutes poo poo on the Giants and the Broncos as you rightly brought me back down to earth. <laughs> but even with the Broncos, right? They've got a new quarterback that they're that they're trying out. They've two got new a, stud receivers. Two new stud wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Young um, quarterback they, still. They brought in Melvin Gordon in free agency. Yeah. Like there's just again with the Giants and the Denver, a lot of moving parts that I feel like if you're seeing these teams in week eleven. Totally different. Not as many questions as week one or two. Right. So I, I do like how the first two weeks shape up for the Steelers in that regard. I think those are kind of the best times to be getting those two teams on your schedule. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And then especially when you look at Denver, they're losing a staple in their secondary. Chris Harris yep. Jr., a guy who's been dominant throughout his career, a part of that original no-fly zone. He's left to go to uh, the Chargers now. Chargers. So yep. when you look at the Broncos, they're going to have a lot of question marks, a lot of people that are going to need to get acclimated to that offense, to that defense. And I think that does take time. It takes a lot of time to gel in that regard. So for me, I definitely agree in terms of getting those two opponents up front. I think for me, though, my biggest initial takeaway 
was the four primetime games. Mm-hmm. I mean, call me selfish, but man, when <laughs> I was like, here, the fifth? right when I was here, it was always five plus the three four o'clock games. Right, and then we're gonna get flexed into another one or two at the end of the season. So we were maxed out always on primetime, and it was funny because it got to the point that we were on primetime so much that Coach Tomlin adjusted our work schedule yes. to emulate that. Typically, that's why the practices were later. Yes, right? yes. So typically, like when I was in Buffalo, we would practice at. I think it was 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning because we knew, hey, it's a 1 o'clock game, so this is around the time you got to get your body and mind mentally conditioned to go. So when I came here my first couple of weeks at Pittsburgh, we're practicing earlier, and then Coach T is like, man, we're still getting off to a little sluggish starts and stuff. Like mm. He's like, no, man, we got to move our schedule back because we're not playing these games until 8, 825. Even if you go West Coast, you're not playing until 530. So we pushed everything back. So if you're used to getting hours, up at 6.30, yeah. 7 in the morning and getting after it right away, right. then all of a sudden you got to sit around for 12 hours. And, and it's a big difference when you have to sit around because you lose that edge throughout the day. When you're sitting sure. in those hotel rooms, man, you get antsy. You can only watch but so much film. You can only stretch but so much. You can only get so many massages to your chiropractor you can only so check many your times. Instagram feed so I mean, many times. Dude, like you, you sit in that room and you're just like, man, I'm losing my mind. Sure. So – Coach Tomlin took upon himself to say, you know what, well, we're going to make sure we condition ourselves mentally to be able to have the advantage in that in that department because we were on prime time so much. And we also knew that when we got to the playoffs, we we're going to be on prime time again. Right. And I felt like it definitely benefited us. You saw the success we had, especially during that four year run. But we especially felt in so prime much. Time games. We felt so much more comfortable in prime time because of that, though. That that makes a lot of sense, and and I, I like that. And you see Mike Tomlin's record in prime time, particularly at home at Heinz Field, it's been outstanding mm-hmm. during his tenure here in Pittsburgh. I wonder, do you give credence, if you will, to uh, when I saw the four prime time games, I immediately thought one of two things. Uh oh. First was, and I know I think it was about a month or two ago. Uh, man, these months are really running together. I would say good, good luck said, a month or two. I was thinking February. I could barely I like, tell what day to day is. Yeah, I was like, wait a second, man. It really does feel like February was last <laughs> month because these past two months have yeah, all just man. run together. I believe it was in February, maybe around the combine. Okay. The NFL. Oh, you're talking about the, the event you went to that I wasn't invited to? Got Which, you. Okay, I got stop. you. That's cool. That's well, cool. you got to go one time as a participant. I've been twice. That's, uh, that's the only way I get to go. <laughs> it's fine. I hold um, grudges. You do hold grudges. <laughs> I t- you're like Michael Jordan. I, you belong in this last dance. <laughs> I got to be careful. Your Moses oh, isn't going to want to do shows with me anymore. <laughs> um, when I first saw the four primetime games as opposed to five, mm-hmm. I had two thoughts. One was that I know the NFL, they came out and they said, no, nah, Steelers, Jaguars, that's not going to be in London. Okay, maybe it was in Mexico City. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like right. I, I think that Steelers-Jaguars game would have been an international game. But see, you say that, but I remember the Jaguars, I thought they said they didn't want that one in London because that's a game that they're going to sell actually out. sell tickets for. They can for. sell for that one. And I always viewed it as hmm. if you didn't take that to London, you don't take it to Mexico. Jacksonville loves that game because every time you. as a Steeler we've played there, it's sold out. Now, not Jags fans. Hmm. Don't don't get it twisted. There's no Jaguar right. fans. No, you it's might see eighty percent black. You, you're gonna and gold. see five <laughs> Jaguar fans in their little pool down there swimming. But other than that, it's black and gold. <laughs> so that's a good point by you. So my other thought was, okay, four primetime games. Man, you look week sixteen and seventeen, Indianapolis yeah. at Cleveland. Yeah. 
I think there's a good chance one of those games could have huge playoff implications well, I mean, and could get flexed to prime think time. Just from the narrative, you got Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger. If all things go according to plan, Week 16 vying for playoff what position. If, yeah, what if that's a, the winner yes. is in the wild card spot? Right. You know, and especially when you factor in that now with the new uh, playoff format changing, only one team gets that bye. So say it was coming down to you know, hey man, these teams are really vying to see who's going to get seeded where, or potentially somebody trying to compete for a one seed, like. It's a lot to factor right. in there in that department, man. So I definitely could see that. But it's just crazy to me because you look at this this schedule. I mean, from a storyline standpoint. It's great. Know, te- I, I, I Texans, love this schedule. Texans, you have the Watt brothers. Obviously, yep. you have Deshaun Watson, the rising star. That's one that could be up there. Tennessee is another one they could go up there in terms of you having the AFC. They played in the AFC Championship game last year. Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, they have all the storylines. And let's be honest, the Titans, a fan base that's never been too fond of the Steelers. Correct. The Steelers have beaten the Titans in the playoffs a few times when the Titans had really good chances, really good teams. And I'll take it a step further. The last time we were in Tennessee was on primetime. That's the game, the the L. Bell and LeGarrette Blunt game. Thursday. Was it a Thursday night? Correct. It was either Thursday or Monday night. I don't remember. Or was that he, that was here. No, the first night one was here in Pittsburgh. That's Color right. Rush okay. jersey puts 50 right. on them. That's right. This one was Monday night in Nashville, and I remember we blew – like, it was a close game, but this one, Lady and I went crazy, 200-plus yards. Mm-hmm. L, L, LeGarrette Blank got mad because he wasn't getting the touches, walks out. Like, all of that primetime, right. Steeler Nation was still taking over that stadium. So I think of that, and I'm like, man, all that's the last time we played them on a primetime Monday night, Sunday night game. Right. And that was four years ago? Five no, years ago? No, it had to ago? be longer than that because yeah. I would have been my – First or second here in Pittsburgh. Okay. So we were – no, it was actually my first year in Pittsburgh. Yeah, because I remember wow. I, I felt some type of way about a rotation that was taking place okay. during that game. <laughs> and we're not going to go down that say path. No, say but, no more, but, fam. But, yeah. <laughs> so I said, man, that's one that definitely could have those type of, like, storylines associated with it. Obviously, the Eagles – the state, the, the the interstate battle right there, interstate rivalry. Mm-hmm. We already know about that. You look at the storylines of Carson Wentz, emerging star. Oh, Javon Hargrave just say, left Jay the Wobble agency. coming back to town, yeah. Yeah, first. You know what I mean? So, like, all of those things factor in. I, I said any of the Cleveland games, if you wanted to do that, cool. I figured both of the Baltimore games should be primetime, but they did Thanksgiving. And I think a little bit that they counted Thanksgiving twice. But I say it's hard for me to say that when I know in past years – we had Thanksgiving and Christmas, and we right. still were maxed to the schedule. Right. <laughs> like, the fact that Dallas is a 425 game is a joke to me. I'm like, these are the two biggest names in terms of yeah, team I, branding. I can't believe that wasn't Pe- the Sunday Night Football Like, people game will talk week. Patriot way and all this stuff, but let's be real. When we talk brands, Dallas's brand— oh. I feel like Dallas's brand is probably the biggest in all it of is. sports. I know that that pains us to say. It does. It's just a little bit more than the Steelers. Correct. And that's okay. Yeah, we're not tripping on it because no, we win more. Right. So the Steelers good. win more. We got a better color scheme. Absolutely, man. And, and, you know, like the Chiefs said, we're not America's team. We're Pittsburgh's team. Yeah. So that's how I look at that, man. But, like, when we talk about the two brands, the two biggest fan bases in the NFL – it's those two for it's sure. Cowboys and Steelers. And then I hands think down. there's a gap. Yeah, yes. I think there's a gap between everybody else. Those two are close. Yeah. Cowboys slight edge. And, and, that's and then how, there's a gap. And that's how I look at I'm like, man, the fact that that's not a primetime game and it's oh, in Dallas. You know what? I, 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 it, makes, it makes sense now. So, you know why it's not a primetime game? Why? The week before, uh, Dallas and Eagles are primetime. And we're on a bye that week. And uh, and you know what you know what matchup is on on Sunday Night Football this Steelers Cowboys week, Saints Bucks. 
Oh, Breeze, yeah, yeah. Breeze Brady. Okay, so yeah. I, I get Breeze but, but see, Brady on see, Sunday Night issue, Football. This is my issue. This I get is, it. This is my issue. It. This is my issue with that. <laughs> the NFL controls who plays who during what week, do they not? They do. So you knew when you got to week nine. That's true. You couldn't have flipped that to week ten? You know, see, I'm looking at it, though, this way. In that, it's, if it's a, it's a 425 kickoff, mm-hmm. right? That I mean, that's still a national game, but it's not the prime time spot. It, it does mean, though, that you and I will have fulfilled our duties. Very true. And an amount of time that we can be have our butts plopped in front of a TV by Sunday Night Football Absolutely. to watch Breeze versus Brady. No, 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 listen, I'll tell you the truth, man. <laughs> we used to complain about it in Buffalo in terms of no prime time games. We would go a full season, one o'clock games, and a mandatory you, Thursday night. You play one Thursday or Monday. Yeah. But, but, but literally – you know how good it felt to be done by 4 o'clock, and I'm watching every game after that primetime game, Monday night game, not worried about traveling. Even if I would play on the road for a 1 o'clock game, man, I'm back in time to go catch the primetime game. What are we talking about? I used to love it. But, of course, we would complain. And then you get the piss when you're like, oh, yeah, good luck. I'm not watching any games. <laughs> As it stands right now, Steelers at Buffalo, the Steelers' only Sunday night football yeah. game this year. And it's on the road on top it's of on that. The road, not even yeah. at home. They got a Thursday at home. They got a Monday at home. But, but yeah. shout out to Buffalo, man. It's their first year having, what, four primetime games. I, I was know. like, man, we're, we're matched up with them now. This is crazy. I'm surprised, too. I mean, I, I get it. We ta- I think we talked a little bit about this last – or maybe not. Uh, again, all these weeks and days and everything are just lumped Listen, together. It could be point. whatever day you want it to be. Just keep saying last did, week. Just did say we last week. just say, like, yeah, that's right. There's yeah. there's only three days right now, Arthur yeah. Motes. There's yesterday, there's today, and there's tomorrow. Absolutely, all right? There's man. no Monday. There's nah. no Friday. Man, it was, it was like a week ago we, we talked about this, man. <laughs> uh, are you surprised that the Patriots and what we all figure them to take a little step back this year, that they still got so many primetime games, or not surprised because it, people are still going to be glued in to see what happens? Let's be real. It's kind of like the Floyd Mayweather effect. You either tune in because you love him and you want him to be successful, or you're tuning in because you want him to get absolutely trashed. And when it comes to like the, the Patriots, Golden State Warriors, too, yes. Yeah. When it comes to the Patriots, think about this: Golden State were still playing primetime games, getting beat by thirty. I sat. And I personally got pleasure out of watching them lose the OKC. <laughs> they were down thirty-five points going into the third quarter, and they kept them on. I said, "Yes, you do not turn this off." Don't. I don't want to hear it. All hope, that y'all talk wifey, to LeBron. I hope wifey's not listening oh, wifey to you right was now. Sick. Wifey was sick. She was like, any other time you want to turn the channel? Nah, babe. We're going to watch this tonight. Yeah. So I'm going to put my LeBron jersey right. on. So I think, it's the, I think it's the exact same when you're talking about the Patriots, man. And especially when you're thinking about Bill Belichick, right? If he's able to have some 100%. success, imagine the rate is that it go with that. But then you think about if they are struggling. Oh, they're going to be the talk of the town. That's the... The, I think the worst case scenario for the NFL as it relates to kind of the bigger picture in the mm-hmm. Patriots this year is for the, if the Patriots went like eight and eight. Yes. They need the Patriots to win like four games or, or win or like 10, 10 or yes. 11 games. It has to be yeah. polar. It has to be either they're really good or really bad. If they're just meh, yeah. it's not going to be the same, man. That's I no agree. Fun. Yeah. yeah. Now, that'll certainly be a uh, storyline to keep an eye on the whole year. A couple more things as it relates to the Steelers' schedule I want to get into here with Motsi when we return and also in this first hour. We've just got to talk about the return of sports in general. Some mm-hmm. UFC taking place over the weekend. Uh, what, three or four days now, and German soccer will be yeah, back. And then, uh, Korean they have, baseball. Say, I say South Korean baseball. South Korean say. baseball, yeah. yep. And and a lot of talks about the NBA and, and Major League Baseball and the NHL and some moving and shaking that they got going on. So all that's still to come here in the first hour. Stay with us inside the Electric Factory. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. This is Steelers Blitz on SNR.
This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Talking a little Steelers schedule here. Mm-hmm. Our buddy Don Juan chimes in. He says he doesn't understand why the Steelers-Cowboys can't be a primetime game. The top two franchises with the most fans. They hating on us. I know. There's that, that, that Drew Brees and that Tom Brady, those two. I tell you. I tell you what. Well, even though, I, uh, a funny thing. I had a person say to me when I was complaining about this on one of my social media rants. <laughs> they were like, do you feel the Steelers deserve it? When the past two years they have made the playoffs, they were nine, six, and one, and then they went eight and eight. When was the last time the Bucks made the playoffs? Same thing I said. I was like, "Wait, what do you mean?" And they were like, "Well, Tom Brady as a name right now is probably bigger than any team in the NFL. Like in terms of like where he goes, what he does, like." Big Just deal. from a national eyeball Correct. perspective, yeah. sure, sure. And I was like, man, I don't like how you're making me think right now, but still. <laughs> <laughs> let, let, let me just be in my pity party right now. I want us to have five in period. Like, no, I don't. And, and schedule five, not a flex five is different. <laughs> we said a flex five is like, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like when you're playing uh, blackjack. Hey, yes. man, you, you, got, you won. It's, it's a soft 16. Soft 7. Like, no, no, right. no, 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 no. Right. It's not the same. You don't want a... Uh, yeah, you're right. You don't want a soft 16, or, or you don't want a uh, you know an ace and a 10, right? Ah. You want to, come on, come on, man. Yeah, I'm with you. It, it is kind of a head-scratcher, but that's... Listen, we know that when the NFL does this, makes these decisions, right, it's all from a pure eyeballs perspective. And, I mean, Brady versus Breeze, that's... Gonna, that, that's a lot of eyeballs. I that, get it. That sells. I get it. That's a lot of. Hey, I mean, it's why the if you want to have that, you know, that oh, how long has it been since Team X made the playoffs and they're still getting primetime games? I mean, look at the Oakland Raiders. I mean, <laughs> is it Raiders? The Raiders? Mozi, looking at this schedule too, right? I I want to get your thoughts. And another take that I have on this Steelers schedule is that they need to get out to a strong start. I. I really want to see the Steelers after four weeks sitting at three and one. You know, you you win in New York. Well, sorry, you win in New Jersey against the Giants. Yeah, don't you disrespect it now? Uh, you have the home opener against the Broncos, charged up Heinz Field. You get a win there, and then the next two weeks, right against those AFC South opponents, Houston and Tennessee, both playoff teams from last year. You split with those teams. You're three and one. I I think I would take that as a start. See. This is always my most challenging thing to do. Projecting this kind of stuff? Yeah, because I'm torn. When I played. We're going 16-0, and 0, baby. Absolutely. I told you, man. I, I asked my rookie, I asked Chan Gailey, who was my head coach I, I at the love, time. I love this story. Yeah. I say, hey, coach, man, uh, schedule's coming out. <laughs> what you <laughs> thinking? <laughs> what you thinking? How many wins do you think we're going to get? And he said, I don't think we're going to lose any. He said, if I looked at you and said, I think we're going to lose three or four games, like you would look at me like I was crazy and I don't need to be your coach if that's the case. <laughs> and from then on, I learned my lesson. Like, all right, it's always 16-0, period, because I wouldn't go into a game anticipating losing. Right. If I did that, my teammates would probably be like, hey, we need a new linebacker because, yeah, he's tripping. Let me ask you this. Have you ever gone into a game, and I guess necessarily, this is not just in the NFL, where you're like, yeah, man, we're, we're going to lose. So this is the Like, game. was there a time when you were at, 
Sorry so, to cut you off there, but like I don't know, it, it, like it no, no, be, I got like you were, you know, if you were at JMU and you guys are playing Alabama, you know, right, like, I got like, you like, has there ever been a game, or maybe you were in high school and there was just a team and you were like, man, like we're gonna lose. Have you ever gone into a game like realistically, you know, like I'm still gonna go out there, I'm still gonna bust hump. I hope you know any given Sunday type thing, but yeah, we're gonna lose. See, it's funny you say that, man. And I've been in some very unique situations. I've been on both sides of the fence in terms of being on dominant programs, mm-hmm. dominant. You know, collegiate teams, but sure. then being on average to below average high school teams. Obviously, my team in Buffalo was nowhere near the success that we had in Pittsburgh. But it is something about that athletic mentality, like you, and especially if you've had a lot of success as a, as a personal athlete. And for me, I was very successful. So in my mind, I always thought I was going to be good enough to be the reason sure. why. And it started early. I mean, even in rec ball, you look at teams that, hey, man, this team has been beating everybody, but they have no answer for you. And you're the reason why your team is winning. So for me, it was multiple games that I've walked into where I'm like, on paper, sure, this team should beat us by 30. When you look at who they have, this, 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 that, and and you were looking, trust me, at the beginning of the week versus actual game day, totally different mindset. Like When I'm looking at the schedule early, I'm like, oh, that's going to be tough. Man, they were nice last year. God, it's going to be crazy. But then as the week progresses and I'm getting in my zone, I'm I'm film studying, I'm practicing, I'm making plays, now it's getting to the point where they don't have nobody that can stop me. Like, okay, you you got this, this, and this, but what is your answer when I do this? Right. You don't have an answer for that. I'm going to take over. I'm going to score on defense. I'm going to make a play on special teams. I'm going to do this right here. And that was always my mindset once I got to game day. So, literally, I walk into the game feeling invincible like Superman. But then, you know, if the, and that's why a lot of times if we didn't win, it crushes us because you're just like, sure. dude, I've invested so much. My mind was so 1,000% we're winning that I'm utterly shocked that we lost. Like, I don't even know how to talk right now. Like, you know how many times, like, I've had to, like, fight back tears or, like, I'm trying to communicate how I feel. I'm like, I don't know right now because I wasn't expecting this. Like, right. I am I'm, what, I'm almost embarrassed that we lost. What was the peak moment of that for you? When was the most shocked you ever were after a loss? And, again, this can be yeah. not necessarily just the NFL. This can be at any level. Oh, well, any level, man. College, uh, semifinal game versus Montana. We had won, what, 14 games in a row up until that point? And, no, no, excuse me. We had won 12 games in a row up until that point. We, we had lost our opener versus Duke. And from then on, I'm just like, yo, it, it didn't matter who we play. I mean, we played an App State team that had just beat Michigan, the number mm-hmm. five team in the, mm-hmm. in the in the country. I remember that. It was crazy. Beat them. I'm like, yo, I don't care. Like, I don't care who we're playing. We're going to beat anybody, everybody. The game, like our star quarterback ends up getting hurt in the first quarter. We're, we'd go down by three scores early. We end up coming back. We end up losing by, I think it was six points right at the end of the game. But, like, for me, I was just so utterly shocked, like, how did that happen? Because it, it wasn't You're the like, first time we were going to win the national down. championship. Yeah, it wasn't the first time. I mean, we were down 21, 21 zip to App State yeah. in the first quarter. Wow. And we came back and beat them by two touchdowns. Like, for me, like, it was you always had that confidence. As long as there's time on the clock, we're going to find a way to find win. Way. I'm going to make a play. I'm going to mess around and score if need be. Like, <laughs> like, that's where I'm always at with it mentally. And, I mean, you could call it arrogance. You could call it just, like, I don't know, uh, blind confidence, blind faith or whatever. But for me, as an athlete, when you invest what I invested in to the game, 
you always feel like you have a chance. Now, some people might not feel the same. Some people might not put as much time in. We can sure. all agree, like, I mean, just because people do radio, they don't put the time in like how we do. Just because somebody plays a sport doesn't mean they put the time in like how I would do personally. So my confidence might be different than somebody else's. But for me, that was always my mentality, man. Like, dude, I don't care what your record is. Oh, you're 12-0? and 0? Great. I get to be the one to knock you off. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Oh, you haven't gave up a sack in your career? Great. You just met me today. Oh, <laughs> Time to make history. Like, I remember legit in high school, uh, quarterback, he played at Granby High School, mm-hmm. uh, Bobby Rome. He ends up going to UNC. I think he played, uh, I forgot who he played for in the league. He might have had one or two years. But he was the big, like, all-world, all the recruits, all the offers. I'm like, great, I'm about to make a name. Freshman year, five sacks. Like, let's go. Like, this is what I do. What, and this was in high school? Yeah, this was okay. in high school. So and that like ultimately senior, put me on the radar. like yeah. a senior in high mm-hmm. school? Gotcha. And that put me on the radar. So, like, it was always things like that in terms of, man, I feel like I can be a reason why. I feel like I can do this. And, yeah, most of the time it works out. Until it doesn't, then you're crushed. Then you're crushed. Then, then, then I'm like, yo, y'all might want to put me in one of them straight jackets and lock me in a dark room because I'm uh, it's bad right now. I'm low, real low. <laughs> I like how you – a lot of it – to, you said there kind of just depends on the mentality of the athlete. Yeah. Right? I think anyone who's kind of followed the last dance closely yeah, has seen yeah. that, right? Absolutely. One of the last two episodes, I can't remember if it was seven or eight, but one of the ones from this past Sunday, there was a line about that, right? Where a lot of guys have the talent. Mm-hmm. They're content enough to get to the league, yeah. to make their money, to have some fun being a pro ball player. They have a mm-hmm. nice seven, eight-year career, whatever, yeah. but that's it. Mm-hmm. Then there's the other guys who it's it's everything for them. It's it's yeah. their life. You, it's, you obsess over it's it. It's their man. obsession. Yeah. And I can imagine that obviously for the latter of those type of players, mm-hmm. those those crushing defeats are, are oh, much yeah, more crushing. And, and and the thing is, it's funny, man, you can see it with the different sports. Obviously, basketball, you have longer careers, so that's why you can get seven to nine just kind of getting by with football because the the physicality associated with it it's and what, the larger three years, four years yeah, is the average three career. Years, three and a half pretty much is the average. So you see why it is what it is because it's like you can get away with just having talent for a year or two. You can get away with working, you know, doing the minimum for a year or two if you're gifted. But after a while, it catches up to you. And it becomes, what are you going to do to separate yourself? How do you, mm-hmm. how much do you love this? What are you willing to give up to keep this? And not everybody is willing to make the same level of sacrifices. You look at Jordan and you hear some of the things that he talks about in his last dance. I mean, this dude was going through it. He was crying Cry- now on like, the documentary, what, 30, 40 years yes, later, 30-some like years later. Going through because it. his team, he didn't think his teammates were working as hard as they could. Yeah. Like that's a, and it bothers him so much. Thirty years, 30 years later, later, the dudes on his team weren't and that, working and as hard and that's as they 30 could. Thirty years later, six championships later, right? And everyone telling you how great you are like, for thirty years, and he's still billionaire off later. About that. Like yeah. it's crazy. People still waiting in line to buy your shoes thirty right. years later. Like, like just think about the fact that you are releasing a product and people love your stuff so much that it was when people were getting killed over your product, like. Think about that. How crazy that. That is Wes, insane. Wes, That's I released insane. a book. You think somebody was killing somebody over my book? Not a chance. Wes, you could go drop something right now. You think somebody's going to die over that? Not a chance. Like that, just to put that in perspective, That's that crazy. is wow. That's crazy. It is. Like but, unreal. But that guy was still so bothered. Right. By per- his perceived shortcomings. Not everybody Correct. else's. His perceived his. shortcomings. So that's why I always tell you, like, it's different. It, I mean, and, and this is the debate that we would even have in the locker room amongst, like, our players. When I was here in Pittsburgh, like, who's the hardest worker? Who's most obsessive over this? Who does it hurt the most to lose? Like, who enjoys to win the most? Like, 
just always having that little debate because it's different between a guy who loves to win and a guy who hates to lose. We would always talk about oh, that. Like, oh, that's a good it's, point. It's different, man. Like, a lot of people love to win. Everybody loves to win. Hey, man, you feel good. You get to smoke the cigar right. and drink the champagne. But, but loving to win isn't going to motivate you the same way as somebody that hates to lose. Somebody that, man, when they lose, they are on suicide watch. It puts them in such a dark place that they are fearful to ever go back there. Like, that's a total different mindset when you're working because you're like, bro, I can't go back there. Like, okay, winning, great, that's fun. But I cannot go back to that place I'm in when I lose. Like, ever. It's a different mentality, man. It's no different when we talk about, hey, man, uh, 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 animal backed into a corner. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, can an animal fight when he's walking free? Absolutely. But he's not fighting the same way as if he's fighting for his life backed in that corner. It's a different mentality. Same animal, different beast, though. And, and, and that's the mindset I always would have, and a lot of people do have that, the ones that are very successful in their sport or even in their professional life. That's the mentality that they traditionally operate with. You're 100% right. you got to be invested. I got think that, to, that's what it comes back to, right? No matter what you do, you've got to be invested, and the ones who are the ones that most typically have success at, at every single level. Two segments in the books. We're going to wrap up the first hour here, uh, finishing with some Steeler talk. There's two more schedule specifics that I want to pick Arthur Motz's brain on when we return. And then we need to get into some some larger NFL and sports discussions. Big in, picture, big picture. In the second hour. You know, we'll take your tweets as well at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. When you want black and gold football talk, you want SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. We got a good question here on the dot com, the Twitter.com from our Photoshop extraordinaire, David. Uh, and it's actually funny. He asked us a last dance related question in the middle mm. of that segment there. And we kind of started talking about it, you know, within the mentality and Michael Jordan and just kind of the competitive drive, right, that it takes to be successful in any venture of life, but certainly in professional sports. Uh, David wants to know who is the most similar football player you ever played with that kind of echoed or mirrored that just competitive drive, that fierceness that Jordan had. Who's the... Who's the one football hey. player you played with that was kind of the closest to that? In terms of that, just obsessive, they're going to do whatever it takes, work ethic. I, I guess that I'm, that's what I thought, too, that he's yeah. asking. Just, you know, the, the refuse to lose, the... I mean, shoot, off the top of my head, I think of A.B. and uh, James Harrison in terms of that, just, like, obsessive, just nuts, like, m almost maniac-style work ethic, maniac-style, like, sacrifice in terms of the resources. They, I mean, everybody knows the amount of money those two guys would spend in terms of taking care of their body, in yeah. terms of the round-the-clock, round-the-year training, in terms of, man, taking two to three months away from your family to go to train somewhere to come. Like, that was crazy to me the first time I saw that because in Buffalo, I never was around anybody who hmm. took it to that extent. Like, I mean, obviously guys worked hard, and it's the difference between working hard and that, like, obsessive crazy. Like, we talk about there's the Tom fine, Brady's. There's like, a fine line It's there. a difference. Like, and even with me, like, I still would try to balance the – hey, I know I could go all the way there with it, but I'm still, like, I got to have my family. I got to do something 
to balance that. With those guys, it was like there was no balance. We're just a thousand percent over there with it. So those are the two that definitely stood out to me the most in that regard. And when people talk about the different ways that they would express it, I think similar to what Jordan was talking about too when he was like, I'm a little nervous how people are going to view it because I came off as a as an a-hole sometimes. I was very sometimes not nice to people. Right. And when I think of D, when I think of AB, I'm like, man, you know how many times these dudes might have yelled at somebody in practice because they want it done this way, they want the rock, or they feel like the blitz should be run this way. But you could respect them when you see them go out there on Sunday and make that play. When you see them, that same dude that he was yelling at for, man, this wasn't right. Then you see it happen the right way on Sunday. You see the success we have from it. You're like, I can respect that. I totally understand it. Now to the public, they might view it differently because – it's a different mentality like we just talked about. You're but, being a jerk. You're being right, a bad right. teammate. But, but for the competitors, you're like, no, I can respect that. Like, I appreciate it that much more because I know, first off, how hard it is to speak up and say something to a fellow athlete, to a, a guy who's making just as much or sometimes more money than you. Sure. But it's like for those guys, they wanted it so bad that it didn't matter who it was. They were going to address them, and they might not have done it the most politically correct way, but they got their message across. And that was the thing that I always – could, could respect. And that's why, like, when you talk about that Jordan mentality, that, man, they're going to do whatever it takes. They're going to say whatever Over it takes. Over my dead body mentality. Right, like, yeah. I would die for this. Like, that is what I saw with those two guys. Now, not saying that, you know, at different points of their career, the things could have changed, but during my four years with those guys, that was what I saw. Yeah, th- those are good answers, certainly. That's a good question there by David. I, I wanted to ask you here, too, as we wrap up this, uh, put a bow on this first hour of the show here. So I, I told you that I like how the Steelers' first four games of the schedule play out, right? Giants, Denver, Texans, Titans. That second four is tough. It gets real. Philly, Cleveland, at Baltimore, at Dallas. Motsi, those could be four teams that I make mean, the playoffs. Even though it's funny we say that, but... How many times have we come in here before season starts? Well, well, technically it's only our second time, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> where we're like, man, I think this team's going to be real good this year. And they suck. That's true. Or we're like, this team's going to be bad. And they're like, really good. That's true. And and we could, you know, I, I think a lot of Steelers fans have maybe done that with a team like Washington, right? Oh, well, that's mm-hmm. an easy victory. But you're right. You never know, particularly at that point in the season, too, right? You in December, you could have injuries mounting up. You could have the teams like the Jets, right? Mm-hmm. Who were terrible for the first eight games of the year and then didn't the Jets finish six and two last year in the second yeah. half or five and three something yeah. like that like, well you remember at the beginning of the year their quarterback had the kissing he had disease, the kissing disease you know so so he, he stopped kissing people well, hopefully he, for him he stopped kissing people permanently something a little more serious you going, know? going yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to be kissing like that now buddy <laughs> so I look at that right I look at kind of the opposite between like I told you you know the the start of the schedule the first four games now I think it's really important to get out to a good start and then those next four and the challenge that's there and fortunately you kind of have the bye week there between Baltimore and Dallas here's the other question I have for you Motsi as it relates directly to the schedule <clears throat> I just mentioned that their uh, Washington game the Redskins one o'clock on December 6th at Heinz Field do you worry about that being a trap game at all with the Thanksgiving primetime against the Baltimore Ravens the week before and the Sunday night football at the Buffalo Bills the week after those are two big games for the Steelers kind of with a uh you know, one of those could be perceived as a cakewalk games in between. That was the other thing that that stuck out to me. I know I thought the Steelers did a great job of this last year, right? The two cliches, I think, that have kind of, you know, that Tomlin detractors always like to bring up, right? Is that, <laughs> oh, they, they can't win on the West Coast. 
and they always lose to a really bad team they shouldn't lose a to, right? Game. Right. Well, they didn't have that last year. They went to the West Coast and they were successful every right. both times. They all the teams that they should have beat that you look at and you I'm doing air quotes here that they should have beat. Right. They did beat last year. I just man, Baltimore division rival beat you twice last year. Thanksgiving Day at home, and then the following week Buffalo, your only Sunday night football game mm-hmm. of the year, a team that beat you at home last year. That Washington game, I just hope doesn't doesn't sneak up on the boys. That's all. See, I always laugh. I feel like that's like media fan perspective. It, t- it totally is. It totally yeah, is. Yeah, because I mean, if you look at this in the NFL, this is a simple question I ask you: How many games do you see where it's a fourteen point margin victory? Very, very few. Very few. I mean, even double digit victories. Right. So that lets you know right there, there is no quote unquote cakewalk. It's not like college where Alabama is going to beat a team by thirty or they should have won by fifty. That's not They're going to play Middle Tennessee yeah. State, and it's going to be over in <laughs> like, the second like, quarter. You, you realize these are the best of the best. Yeah. And you'll we'll poo-poo Coach Tomlin if they were to lose. If everything was as we're projecting right now, they were to lose to the Redskins. We would say, oh, man, Tomlin sucks. But if they won by three, oh, hey, 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 took care of business. Got the job done. Wins a win. Like, <laughs> a three-point victory. It's a small margin of victory. That's all I'm it's saying. It's one possession. It's one possession. <laughs> So when we're talking about these games, I personally have never viewed any of these as trap games. I personally have never viewed any of them as, oh, that's a, a, a time and loss because we can look at, at Bill Belichick losing to the Dolphins mm-hmm. numerous times <laughs> in November every, December. Like, it year. always happens. But some teams, it's, it's such a close gap in terms of the talent that anything can happen in these games. You hope that you're executing to your best of your ability every game, but it happens. So for me, man, I I don't personally view it as a trap game. I think that they still gonna present some challenges if they're healthy. I mean, you look at what they have on defense. They just drafted Chase Young. You don't think he's a problem? Yeah. Like, <laughs> am I missing something here? Like the dude can ball. He sure can. They're they're gonna have a new coach, but let's be real. Riverboat Ron has been very successful in the NFL. Well, has I he think not? you and I both thought that was a great hire for them. No question. Yeah. He's got two quarterbacks right now in terms of Dwayne Haskins. Then he also brought in Kyle Allen, who's very familiar with his system. Yep. I mean, so when I look at all of those things, I'm like, man, that that isn't necessarily just this gimme of a game. But is it a game that we expect the Steelers to win? Yes. But as I stated before, I expect them to win all the games. If we're talking player perspective, we're going from a media perspective. We're we're guessing right now. And, and it's fun to do. It is. I'm not going to lie. It's fun to do. <laughs> but yet and still, man, it's hard for me to just – I guess because I played, I never really get surprised sure, whether sure. they win or lose just because I know how tough it is. And I've been on the other side of that. When I was in Buffalo and we were sitting at 0-8 and, and we were going into overtime with what the Ravens, we went to overtime with. They were 6-1 and one at one time. We went to overtime with the 8-0 and Kansas City Chiefs at the time. Like We went three games versus three playoff teams, went to overtime with them and lost by a field goal. Shoot, the Pittsburgh Steelers are one of them. And, and that was one where the, we should have won. The, is that the Stevie, Stevie Johnson, Johnson drops a touchdown to Anton? Why are yeah. you doing this to my hands? So, so if we're really going about it, I mean, and you think about it, that's 2010. What happened in 2010? Where did the Steelers go in 2010? Super. That's all I'm saying, man. Bowl. So, so think about that. And that was us not even – I think we had one win at that point. We had just beat the Detroit Lions at that point. One win. And it took us to go to overtime with them. We only had four games in one overtime. It was nuts. So when I look at that, I say to myself, man, nothing surprises me in this league because I've seen both sides of it. You've it's, been on both sides, right, too. You've been on the underdog that knocks off the big favorite. And I've been, been with on the, the, favorite the big who, favorite and got knocked off. Yeah. It's not like college, though, where you go into these games where they can play their absolute best and there's nothing they can do about it. Like, it's not like that in right. NFL. In the NFL, if they play their best and we're slacking, 
they could get us. College yeah. man, if Alabama. Georgia Southern can play Georgia listen, and play an A-plus game and still lose and, by 14 And Georgia points. can play their second dip, yeah. their second streams, and they're still going to win by two touchdowns. Yeah. Like, that's just how it is. Yeah. So I think in that regard, that's the only reason why I'd never really look at his Tomlin games or whoever else name you want to say type of games. Right, and I think that's why, too, when you talk about, I mean, in sports in general, but certainly football, and you talk about greatest upsets of all time, rarely is there an NFL game in the conversation. Because it's, it's hard it's, to be a great upset. It's App State versus Michigan type right, games. Right. You know what I mean? Where like you it, have to be a heavy underdog. It's Pitt beating I mean, WVU in 2007 I mean, they, to stop they, the Mountaineers from going to the national championship That was a great game, game by the way. <laughs> I'll fight you. <laughs> but but I even think like last year, right, when uh, the Patriots played the Jets on, was that Monday night, Sunday night, and the Jets were like, they, they were pretty, I think they were bad at that time. Yes. But even then, the spread was only like seven, six and a half. Jets Maybe? were like one and four. Right. And the Patriots at the time were still like the Patriots. They were looking legit. You're like, man, okay, they 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 might be a one seed. At worst a two seed. And it was only a six and a half point spread. Like, that's crazy. It's a great point by you in that regard, too, right? Because you know, when we do our oh, our dearly departed Friday. Gotta show, kiss the paper. Hold on, hold on, real quick. Hold on. Got show it. me the money. Oh, Oh, that felt good. I love it. I love it. Uh, Gas to get the paper. Once, right, I have a couple rules that I always tell you, right? And one is you stay away from double-digit spreads yes. in the National Football League. It's just not smart. It's not happening. It's just not, it's not and, happening, Unless bro. you're like the Patriots are favored by like 13 and a half over the Dolphins, then you, then take, you take the, the Dolphins under. and yes. the points. You always take the under. You take the points. Always yeah. take that. Yeah. You never lay double-digit points in the National Football League. Not at all. Even if the Patriots, you know, peak Patriots are playing the Browns and it's nine and a half points. I don't know if I want to take yeah. that. I'm just staying away from that game, you know? Like, yeah. Because it is hard to beat NFL teams by double-digit points, man. It's a good point by you. It, it really is. Even those even those 0-16 Browns and 0-16 Lions. Dude, the 0-16 Browns, remember, they took us to overtime. Correct. Now, granted, we had Landry at quarter, but they still took us to overtime. <laughs> Like, what are we talking about? Any given Sunday, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> an hour in the books, another hour to go. When we come back here, we got a whole bunch to get into. Uh, I got to talk with Arthur Motes, the athlete perspective of these leagues. Shoot, barely beat him the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Not nothing about it. Gosh. We got a bunch to get into <laughs> in hour number two. So stay with us. We'll take your tweets as well. At Wesley Euler at The Body 52. The Body. An hour in the books, another hour to go. You are listening to The Electric Factory. It's Euler Motes on SNR. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Steeler Nation. How we doing? Excited, baby. Well, that's good. Euler and Motes with you here. Hour number two inside the electric factory. You already know the drill. You want to chime in? You can do so on the dot com at West Euler at the body fifty two. The body, where our buddy Thrash, Winchester, Virginia's finest, the the metal guy. And I say that as someone who's got all kinds of family who lives in Winchester. Hopefully they're not listening right uh -oh, now. Uh oh. I'm no conspiracy theorist, but I find it slightly ironic that shortly after you guys got back on air, professional sports sound like they are working their way back to normal. Come on, baby, you know this what we do. So they've just been waiting on us the whole time. This is what we do. So let's get right into that here, Motsi, to start the second hour. Um, I 
want to discuss with you some of these plans, some of these ideas of professional sports coming back, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen it with UFC this past weekend. Um, and I think we can all agree, right? Uh, UFC holding fights is obviously a little different than football teams that travel with <laughs> close to 100 players. Easily. If you include the roster and the staff yeah. and the coaches Easily. and the uh, 100 players, it's it's a little different. We're not 100 players, 100 people. 100 people, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah sorry. 100 players, 100, 100, it's a little different to fly, you know, 100 people somewhere than it is to, you know, a, a boxer and maybe his trainer. And and, well, and I said, too, when I thought of the UFC and their situation, I said the top fighters, the the highly paid guys, the world champs, they might have seven, eight guys in their camp between coach, uh, boxing coach, conditioning coach, coach. conditioning. Like the rest of those guys, one to two guys tops. They may have a trainer and a cut man or a cut man who moonlights as the trainer as well. Right. Like I've seen it. They're not on McGregor. (laughs) Not at all. Like with a full team. Right. So so it's a lot easier to do that. And when you factor in, okay, if you have seven fights, that's 14 fighters total. And then you factor in probably another 20, 30 guys, you know, between the coaches and staff. That's still not that much. And that doesn't even count for one football team, though. When you think of 53 active guys plus practice squad plus head coach, assistant coaches, training staff, strength and conditioning coaches, nutrition, it's like that's a lot different. I mean, one football team could take up a hotel almost, you know? Oh, absolutely. Like you you can't just have – I'm going to have – 10 teams in the same hotel like where, where are we standing what what compound is this <laughs> like, <laughs> what hotel is this what, is, is it rikers island like that's not how it works man <laughs> yeah i so like i said i know with some of these right ufc obviously there's way less moving parts and way mm-hmm. less to manage certainly than the nfl but even smaller you know like like the nba it's even it, it's it there's yeah. there's the kind of the tiers to the size of the operations here but where i really wanted to pick your brain was with what some of these leagues are proposing, like Major League Baseball has talked about, for example, right? Everyone will report to Arizona. Mm-hmm. They'll use four or five different facilities. Which I will say, they do have a ton of those like minor league spring training type stadiums mm-hmm. out there. Man, you drive down the interstate, you're like, oh, another one. Oh, who's this one? Oh, the Dodgers. Oh, another one. Right. All right, cool. It's just like the same way in South Florida. Yeah, it's it's like every South Florida town you pass, crazy. there's like a minor league baseball yes. stadium there. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, if you're not having fans in the stands, the size of the park really, right. as long as the dimensions. Well, you said we right just play the... in Pittsburgh, man. No. That's... Hey, 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 easy, big fella, easy. <laughs> Pick another target. Pick you another gotta target. relax. You gotta relax. <laughs> but right, as long as the facilities are adequate for a baseball team to train and rehab right. and play games, it doesn't matter how many spectators Correct. can be fit in the stands. So, an area like Arizona, right, where the players would have to either come by themselves or bring their families and quarantine, and as you mentioned, live in hotels for months at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, You've heard that with the NHL, too, right, where they talked about they'd have, like, four different locations, you know, maybe one in North Carolina and one in the Midwest and one on the West Coast and one in the South, and all the teams from those certain divisions would report there and they'd play their games at that arena. I want to know how you feel about all this from the player perspective, obviously, right? But as a – I think you bring good perspective for two reasons. One is that – for a lot of these players, they can just – it's easier for a guy like um, Russell Wilson or Jared Goff to say, eh, if i got to take a year off, I'm cool. I'm making $33, $36 million a year than it is some of these guys who are making four hundred k a year. Correct. Right? So I know you've you've been the, the low-paid rookie, right? Mm-hmm. You, you've been the rookie who was on the lower end of the pay scale. Yep. You've also got a family now. Mm-hmm. 
So you can kind of speak to the money issue. You can speak to the leaving your family issue. How would you feel? And I guess football's a little different because it's only 16 games and it's one no, game no, a week. No, this but is, this is – I really want to talk how, about this. How so. would you feel if you were asked to, hey, Arthur Motes, for three, four months, you need to come here, you need to leave here, live here in a hotel room, you got to leave your family behind. Like, Let's talk about let's, this. Let's talk about this because did you hear about Devin Dubnik? No, I did not. He's the Minnesota Wilds goalie. Okay. And he said, there's no way I'm doing all of this. He said, there's no way I'm leaving my family somewhere for, for, for months at a time, even if it's only two months to finish the NHL season. Well, especially during this time of year, right? It's a lot going on. And because, too, Devin Dubnik last year got home from a road trip and his wife was having a seizure on the floor. Whoa. And his wife would have probably died if he if didn't he get didn't home get at that exact time that he yeah, got home. That's, that's rough. He's saying, I'm not leaving my wife for three, four months when I, when I walked home to her almost dead last year. Yeah, that's crazy. So with all these different moving parts, I just want to know, you know, because you've kind of you've got the family. You've experienced the money issue. You obviously had a decade-long career in the National Football League. I, I feel like it's it, – you're there's – obviously, it goes without saying, but you're never going to find a perfect solution to this. Yeah, so when I first – try to put myself in this position, it was a couple of factors that played into this. So the first thing was from a logistics standpoint. The UFC, it was uh, I, I viewed it as easier because you have those guys test on, I think it was Wednesday when they got there, one of the guys ended up testing positive along with two of his cut and, and they got him out of there. But yep. luckily they had already been quarantining him. He did a good job being up front saying, hey, I potentially might have been exposed to this. But the difference is a UFC fight is one event. Once those guys fought, they are gone. That's true. So who cares if they get it? I mean, God forbid you don't want them, but if they were to contract it at any other time, nobody's worried because they're not having to come right back there a week from now. Right. And they're probably not going to fight again right. for another two or three months Easily. anyways. Whereas yeah. with football, basketball, baseball, hockey, they play one day. Depending on the sport, two, three days later, they might be playing again. So in terms of, okay, how often are you testing these players I think that becomes a lot more prevalent in sure. the conversation. Sure. Do you have enough access to these tests, and are you able to administer them on a weekly basis? Because if I'm a competitor, I don't want to play against you if I don't know if you've been tested or not yet, or if you were tested two weeks ago, but you didn't play against three of the teams since then. Like, I don't feel comfortable with that. Well, I don't no, have to be all, like daily tested, right? And then, and then you factor in. Okay, these are guys that now, and, and not everybody has millions, but you have enough money that we, we call it have a little fun money, right? So. Yeah, you're quarantining us in a hotel, but how many of these guys are – I mean, because not everybody's a family guy, right? Not everybody's married with kids. Some sure. guys like to dibble and dabble. They like to have a little fun. They sure. like to, you know, visit. Live that bachelor yeah, life. Yeah, they have other people that they like to be involved with. So how can you assure me that while we're quarantined all in this hotel that guys aren't making, mm. you know, moves to go see certain people or have mm. these people come into town because – Sneaking in somebody yeah. into the hotel room. I mean, and – of course, in the NFL, this would never happen. You know, we would never do such a thing like that. But, I mean, I personally have seen it <laughs> multiple times. Okay? So, for me. I, no, not naming any names. Not no, naming no, any names. No snitching here. No, right? no, you, know, you know what? I'll tell on one person. Okay, fine. Do it. I've here, done it. Just, just... I, I did it. You, oh! you, you know what? You know when I did it? I was married to my wife our first year. I'm, in, I'm playing in San Fran. My wife is obviously from San Fran. I flew her out there. I booked her a room. Two floors down from my hotel room. And, of course, I snuck out. That's why it's my wife. You're crazy. I'm going. I'm going to see my wife. Like, that's how it is. So, when I think of that, I said, if I could do it, and I was the broke rookie six-round pick doing it, you mean to tell me when I was in year seven, eight, nine, and the, the money was drastically different for me then, that I couldn't 
do something like that? Mm-hmm. I mean, where there is fight. So, so for me, what I'm saying is those are the things that I'll be really concerned about in terms of you would really need to sure. bunker down and make sure, sure these guys are getting tested. And it's a lot that goes into that. Now, in terms of the players' mentality of, okay, would I be open to this? I say I look at it two ways, man. Pre-contract, post-contract. Pre-nice, nice contract when I was still, you know, just – a glorified thousandaire making the the, the rookie <laughs> minimum and stuff like that. I like that, a thousandaire. You know, it, it, it was different. Like, I, I would have definitely been more on board with, sure. hey, babe, I got to leave. I got to go because I'm still trying to get it. I still am trying to prove myself. I'm still trying to make a name for myself. Mm-hmm. I can't afford to tell these guys no. And, I mean, you hear it. I mean, I remember having my first, uh, I mean, my second child whatever. And, literally, she was born. <clears throat> and I remember I had to leave the hospital to go to practice. And then I had to leave practice the next day to go back to the hospital to pick up. I wasn't even allowed to, like, just take two days because it was in season. And I couldn't, as a, a, a young player, say, hey, coach, I'm going to miss these two days. Not if I wanted to play. I mean, it was pretty much communicated to me in the most, you know, nice but direct like, way hey, out there. if you want to go spend time with your family, you know, absolutely. Hey, man, you know, it's no a lot practice, of, no play. There's a lot of family men out there. There's not a lot of info players out there. I was yeah. like, oh, all right, I got what you're saying. You know, so so. You, those are some of the things that you would have to adapt to and adjust to in that regard as a younger player. So with that being the case, yeah, if this is year one through four for me or one through five, like, hey, I'm going to have that conversation. And would it be tough? Absolutely. But I'll be a lot more open to doing it because I know what I will be trying to accomplish. Sure. Whereas year six, seven, eight, nine, psh, good luck. <laughs> that I, I'm going to look at you and say, man, you're crazy. It's not worth it to me because I have the type of money where I can walk away and not have to worry about it. And not necessarily – and I'll even take it a step further. Even if you want to say it's less about the money, I have to ask myself two things. Okay, number one, do I want to be away from my family for that long? Is it worth it to me? And number two, if I'm going to be trying to see my family, my family's going to be right here with me, what am I potentially exposing them to? Because we talk about how this is a very fluid situation in terms of do we know enough, do we not know, you know, what, what, where is this going? Is there a vaccine coming and stuff like that? You think about some of the guys who have wives or children with compromised immune systems or family members that, that live with them. Who, Pre-existing conditions. Correct. So you have to ask yourself, yeah. hey, is me going to play football worth the the potential exposure that I'm going to bring to hmm. these people hmm. that I care about, that I love? And those are some of the questions that you would really have to ask yourself. And it's not easy. And I feel like every situation is going to be different. Oh. Because that's that's going to be the biggest thing with juggling all this, yeah. right? Is because Mason Rudolph and Kevin Dotson are looking at this a lot differently than Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, no question. DK Metcalf is looking at this a lot differently than Russell Wilson is. Easily. From the Easily. money perspective, from yes. the family perspective. Absolutely. It's night and day. It's night and day. And then you talk about guys who are trying to establish themselves. I mean, and, and let's even take it a step further. What about the guys who, hey, man, we only got like one or two years left in this thing. Oh, that's a... I, I don't know if I can afford. You think Tom to Brady wants? Out, you think right? Tom Brady wants to sit out a season? Like, 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 <laughs> I'm gonna be 44 next year. You yeah. think I got time for that? Like, yeah. I can't lose a year now. Like, it's, I need this. You think LeBron James wants to cancel the NBA season when now. he's chasing this? Talk about it. Those Jordan rings. Or, or you think about you think about some of the young undrafted guys who just signed the rosters. You think right. they can afford to sit out, knowing that it's gonna be a draft again next year with more players coming in, and they haven't even had a chance to establish themselves this year? Like. All of that is the part of that dynamic that goes into the decision-making. It's funny. I'm selfish because I'm only talking from a player's perspective. 
coaches got the same questions. <laughs> you think about some of these older coaches. Training staff. Think about these older coaches who are more at risk, some of these older trainers. I mean, I think about John Norwick with the Steelers. He's, mm-hmm. I mean, he's pretty old. I, I'm not going to throw his say, age out there. You know, just, you know, he's up there. He's, he's up over there. 40. All right, he's up there. So, so when I think about that, I'm like, man, what about guys like that? Like, yeah. Do they want to expose themselves to that risk? All because the they're more and conditioning at risk. And yeah. all the trainers. And, and let's think, right? If you're going to go live in a central location for three, four, five months, you're going to be traveling with uh, chefs and, <clears throat> and masseuses yes. and all that kind of stuff, too. So w- w- those people are going to have to leave their families yeah, for, cause, cause for no months way, at a time. There's no way if I'm a player and I've committed to leaving my family for three months and we're all in this together that – I'm going to look at this player who just flew in some masseuse from who knows where because that's his masseuse, and they massage him, and they leave. Nah, uh-uh, uh-uh, because as soon as they come in, they locked in. Right. They got to get to – I'm not – I will not – like, for me, because now I'm saying now you're breaking the code. You're 100%. breaking this this pact that we have that we're all going to be in this together to, to, to make sure we're all being safe amongst each other. Right. You bringing this person back and forth, this person, when they leave, who knows where they're going? Who knows what they're going to see, what they're going to do? You can't just be bringing them back and forth like that. So for me, those are some of the things that I would think of in that particular situation. Now, can it happen? I think it can, but I do think it's going to be one of those things, very similar to what you see in the union. Everybody has to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. And when everybody's on the same page, we that's can where, accomplish it. That's where baseball is just – not right. even close at this point. Correct. I don't know how closely you've been following that stuff, but yeah, it's crazy the owners right now, and man. the MLBPA are, yeah. I so mean, that's, friction. That's, a lot of friction there. That's definitely the biggest thing I'm seeing right now. Like, how do you get everybody on one accord? Mm-hmm. First, you got to get all the players together. You got to get all the owners on the same page. And then from there, you have to take both parties and get them to right. agree because it's so many moving pieces and parts. And then, one, you know, like another angle to this too that mm-hmm. I just thought about for leagues, this wouldn't matter as much. In the NFL, certainly. Correct. I know the NBA has the G League, but I feel like they don't dip into the minors as much. Like, you know, in baseball and hockey. Oh, they back and forth there's all the movement time. All- yeah. Okay, so what if they do this with hockey, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, Jake Gensel gets hurt. Or Chris Letang gets hurt. Yeah. Or Brian Dumlin gets hurt. I said, why you got to keep hurting Gensel? Man? I know, right? On, I know. All right, Stop hurting Gensel, man. Listen, that's the only good thing that's been came from COVID right now, all right? Gensel will be back. He'll be back and he'll help all right, so you know, Jason Zucker gets hurt. Or, oh, or, no, let's put it on the new guy. Even better. All right, thanks Connor a lot. Sherry gets hurt. Jeez, come on. One of the one of the goalies gets hurt, and you got to call up another goalie to back. Listen, How does that work? Yeah, you're right. Right? When you've got call-ups with the rosters, which, again, we know happens in baseball and hockey yeah. all the time. How and, does that, how does and that the work? the thing is, okay, when you first call them up, they might be healthy. They might pass. But what about the second or third time you move them down and back, down and back, and now? Or when you call them up, right? But then if you send them back, do they still have to stay? Right. How does that work? Are they sitting around for two months hoping to get another like, shot? Like it's a lot. Like, and then I said, I t- the thing that it really had me laughing, I was like, man, because we've never seen a situation like this in terms of if you were to have everybody having to stay off-site somewhere. I was like, okay, I understand in training camp, you have the rules of meetings and time, a lot of stuff like that. But it's we can monitor that. I was like, in these hotels, in that situation, how are you really monitoring that? How are you really putting the parameters and barriers on those type of things? What is the punishment? What is the, the incentive for these coaches to, hey, we're only going to stand here for the mandatory two hours now? Like Because you know what they're going to preach? Hey, we didn't get those OTAs and training camps, right? Mm-hmm. So if you want to be great, mm-hmm. what are you willing to give up? Hey, I know it's supposed to be two hours, but, hey, turn the phones off. Nobody got to know. We're going to be here for extra two more hours, all right? Hey, we're going to have an extra private meeting later on. Like, that's the type of stuff that I'm starting to think of even more. So, like, come on, man. And I've been a part of some organizations where they do that. And you're like, yo, this is crazy. I'm about to anonymous tip 
PA, DeMorris. <laughs> We've done it. I'm not lying to you. <laughs> All right, we got to get to a break here. One or two more, uh, you know, talking points as it relates to this resuming of sports that I want to run past Motsi. Uh, we've also got to get into, uh, you know, I guess it relates to this as well, too, some of the virtual stuff, right, that, mm-hmm. that the Steelers have been doing here um, for rookie mini camps, which was taking place as would have been normally scheduled but right. not normally happening uh, at team facilities, virtual mini camps, uh, a familiar Steeler face involved with that for the organization this year. We'll get into all of that stuff here in the last 40 minutes of the show as well. Rolling along here, hour number two, Euler Remotes inside the Electric Factory. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. The one... Hey, we've talked about the family element. We've talked about the financial element. The one I think kind of under-discussed, and, and hey, maybe that's the wrong term to use, Motes, because this is all everyone. That's, <laughs> this is all everyone's right. talking about, so I don't know if it's under-discussed. But maybe not enough credence being given to it in the realm of this conversation, if you will. With all these leagues and wanting to resume and Major League Baseball trying to get going by July and, and, and the NBA and the NHL trying to get going in enough time that they can finish this season and still have a 2021 season, potentially, Correct. and the NFL kind of keeping the schedule moving so that, you know, just hoping for the best and you kind of continue business as usual until, you know, until you have to make a a decision from the NFL standpoint. The one thing that I feel like isn't being discussed enough with some of these leagues, right? And, And this is more so, this is not a pertinent problem for the NFL right now. I think this is more so for the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball. What do you do if you resume, if you're playing, and a player or a coach or someone on the training staff test positive. Right? Obviously, <sighs> like, I know what you do. You quarantine that person and you test everybody, right? But how does that affect the league? And because there's two examples here, right? The Korean baseball organization. And I'm talking team sport examples here, so not the UFC. Correct. Because we did see the UFC, like you mentioned in the last segment, one of their guys showed up for, you know, for the event this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Him and a couple of his guys tested positive. They scrapped that fight. They got sent home. Correct. For team sports, though, we have kind of two examples to go on right now. One is the Korean baseball organization. The O stands for organization, I, I believe. believe so. It's KBO. I mean, that's uh, honestly, it's the first time I ever heard of it. Once <laughs> this whole thing started, I was like, man, shout out to to whole COVID nineteen because that got Korean KBO. baseball <laughs> some yeah. publicity on the board. They're supposed to be on ESPN playing their games now. It's nuts. Yeah, they are, but they're like <laughs> yeah. at one a.m. Unfortunately, yeah, is good the luck only, with that. The I'm not really problem. tuning in. <laughs> um, the KBO has said that if there's a positive test in their league. They'll stop for two weeks. Yes. And then they'll resume. Correct. This Friday, so as we record this now, three days from now, the Bundesliga, which is the top German soccer hey, league. Hey, awesome job with the pronunciation. Too, Thank you. Man. Thank you. Yeah. The Bundesliga, which is their top soccer league in Germany, mm-hmm. is resuming on Friday. They have stated that they will not shut down unless they're unless it's like a you know a huge outbreak Correct. but if, if just one or two people test for it if a couple people on a team test positive for it that those guys have to quarantine you know that they have to go through all the procedures to get back into playing games 
but that the show goes on. This, to me, Arthur Motes, we've talked about the money element. We've talked about the family element and, and the logistics. But this, to me, is the most difficult part because I think it's going to be hard to get everyone to agree that you just you, you treat it like a broken collarbone, right? That person Correct. gets moved to the injury reserve and you keep on playing. You treat it like a messed up knee or a hip problem or a, you know, a, or an elbow injury, whatever it may be, and, and the show goes on. I, I, I don't know how realistic it is to get everybody to agree to that. Yeah, man, I definitely think that that's very challenging, man. And like you said, if it was just one or two people agreeing, that's one thing, but... Like for something like UFC or I for mean, golf, right? Yeah, for yeah, even golf. Golf, golf comes yes. back in two or three weeks tennis, from now. Tennis can do it as well. But when you're talking about, I mean, the smallest, what, team sports, probably basketball? Yeah. 13, 15 I guys mean, on the roster. I mean, of the major sports. Right, the major sports, yeah. correct. Yeah. yeah. So, what, 13, 15 guys on a roster? Mm-hmm. That's not counting coaches, training Maybe staff. Maybe 15 strength. more. Yeah, 15, so 20 more. Even with that, though, you do the math, you multiply that by the amount of NBA teams, and that's a lot of people. It's close to 1,000 people. And you're trying to get 1,000 people to agree on this, and I feel like there's no right or wrong way to think about it. There's not. People will try and tell you that there oh, is. Of course they will. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're the soft. We, yeah, we. Yeah, you don't right. really want to win. You don't have that killer instinct, or or you're crazy. What you're you crazy. Doing? You don't like, care why? about grandma's like, life. What? What's the matter with you? Yeah. What, what about your wife? What about your, your, <laughs> right. your, your kids? Right. We're not gonna do that here. Yeah, yeah, we're not. Yeah, yeah. This we're not into that. Yeah. This isn't a. Uh, this isn't a political commentary show. Yeah, we're definitely <laughs> not into that, man. You believe what you want to believe. We're not gonna sit. We don't have an issue with it at all. We support you either side of the fence you right. land on. We're just telling you it is what it is in this regard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So in that, man, I, I definitely think the biggest challenge is going to be getting all those people to agree, whether they all agree to do it or all agree not to do it. Because I can sh- assure you that there's going to be some dudes that are like, yo, let's do it. I like this idea right. of continuing to play if somebody gets it. Or there's going to be some guys that say, hey, man, if something goes wrong, we don't need to just not have that person play. We need to like shut down to make sure everybody's good. But I do think it's going to be extremely challenging, whatever they do, because they're going to be pioneers in that front in terms of how do you decide what's more important, the entertainment value, continuing to progress through this thing and get life back to normal, or is public health and safety more important? Is Mm -hmm. making sure that the assets, which are the athletes, how much do you value them? Because you got to ask yourself that question, too, if you're the player, if you're Man, how how much am I really worth to these guys if they're willing to expose me to this? And then if we know this guy has this, they still have me out here exposed to this. It's not like you could just say, hey, man, we got 100 people in this building, in this hotel room. Everybody has their own hotel room. Everybody eats, you know, six feet apart. Everybody does this. Like, that's not how it works. You're still using the same elevators nah. and the same staircases. And, and, and let's be real. I, I've been on multiple teams. Not everybody gets their own hotel room. That too. Okay, you think you think the assistant strength and conditioning coach can get his own hotel room? Ain't enough rooms, baby. They running out. Okay, so especially like you said, if you're trying yeah. to lodge multiple teams right. in one hotel, yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody can have a hundred people all their own room. <laughs> it's not gonna work, baby. No. <laughs> We're coming up short. We're gonna need a lot more hotels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just. The, uh, the the final thing too. I said that that was my last observation. I lied because you just <laughs> you just made me think of one more. How do you balance the quality of play into all this? Because do I, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, as it sits here right now, want mm. the NHL and the NBA to come back more than anything? Yes. I mean, you know, other than... Let's go, 
Pens. You know, we've talked about this on this show before, right? Knock wood if you don't care about baseball, right? Knock wood hey. if you're not a baseball person. You and I are football guys, right, for seven, eight months of the year. And for those other four months, we occupy our time with basketball and hockey. Like Correct. that. That's just that's just how it goes. That's just how it goes. I don't know though. Like, what if you were to tell me, Wes? Yeah, hey, um, June first, hockey's going to come back, right? And they're going to start the playoffs. But it's going to be crappy quality because these guys all went two, three months without playing, and it's like the beginning, right? The NBA is going to come back, and it's going to be the playoffs. But man, it's going to be sloppy basketball. There's going to be a lot of turnovers. It's going to be low scoring. Minute, LeBron will be killing because LeBron got his own gym. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Like, I wonder how much that is of a concern to. And again, this doesn't affect the NFL right now. This maybe doesn't even affect Major League Baseball because they have it. They'll still have another training Correct. camp type. And I know that ba- basketball. But what is your playoff product of your sport going to look like if you're? Starting it after two, three months off. Is yeah. it going to be that visually appealing? Well, and yeah, I think so. Even if you gave these guys a week or two to quote unquote have a a training, they've camp, said two to three weeks, right? Yeah. I mean, the hockey guys, for example, it's not like you got ice in your house, <laughs> right? I done seen yeah. some mansions. They don't have ice rinks in them. Like what? Not not enough where everybody has one, right? I done seen okay basketball. You might can get away with it, but man, Giannis, who's a front runner for the MVP, said, "Man, I don't even have anywhere to shoot. I don't have a basketball court. I dribble in my apartment. Some That's the, it." Some of these guys who play for uh, the Lakers or the Knicks, yeah. uh, the Nets might live in extreme city environments. They might be living in apartment buildings, and yeah, complexes. condos, right? Right. So it's like they don't have that luxury. So that is very unique in terms of how they are even staying active, staying in shape, staying in in game shape. And you run the risk of, okay, even if the quality of play isn't quote-unquote bad because these guys are still very skilled, but the injury exposure do- definitely goes That's up another because your point. body, your muscles get conditioned for games by playing in games. It's no different than, I mean, you train all, all season, but you get to training camp, your body feels terrible because it's your first time playing football, it's your first time playing basketball. There's a different thing and, between and, being in shape and being in your and sports game shape. shape. Correct. Yeah. And then regular season shape versus playoff shape is different too. You look at the basketball guys for LeBron, he might play 30 minutes on a a, a regular game night, but when it's playoff time, man, he's logging into the backs. So that's different. Same with football, it's different. I mean, you, you expect it's true. these guys to come out here and play 60 snaps, 70 snaps? Like, without having practices or things like that before that, that's difficult. You're asking them, you're setting them up for failure. So it is going to be important to, to I think, for, this will be more so from the owners slash strength and conditioning side to formulate a good plan. I remember when that lockout happened, coming back, there were still a lot of soft tissue injuries early on in the season in terms of the hamstring pulls and things like that, hip flexors and stuff. But we still tried to make sure we did a good job of easing our bodies yes. back into it because we didn't get the OTAs. Training camp was condensed. Mm-hmm. So it was important that we figured out the best way to get us in game shape without compromising our health as well. So those are all things that's going to have to be factored into this thing, man. That's something which you just alluded to on how this will lead to whenever sports do resume, there will be an uptick in injuries. Uh, yeah, just it's hist- unfortunate, man. History with lockouts and things like that have shown us that. It's just part of how the body responds and everything yeah. you just and how everything is a building process for it the is. body to get ready for those those moments. Everybody just assumes that you can just show up on Sunday and be fine. Like OTAs before OTAs starts, when you're just doing the off season workouts. 
that serves a purpose in terms of getting your body ready to cut on angles and move certain ways. Then you do it without pads and OTAs. So now you got a chance and then to you get put your a helmet body on. used to it. Right, yeah. now I put a helmet on because now it's added weight. Mm-hmm. Now you got to see how your body responds to the added weight along with fatigue. Now you get to training camp. Okay, now we'll put full pads on you and get you in gear for that. And they will have preseason games to get you prepared for that. And now when you get to the season, now you're ready. Not week one, though, because we always talked about week one to right. week five is terrible. I mean, but it's just it's a build-up process. It's, it's for a lot of for, – for, for the body, right? Forget the schematics for the X's and O's and for all that. You mentioned the body, too. Like, you, you start minicamp in May, right, in the – normally, not here in Pittsburgh lately, but normally it's 75, 80 degrees. Mm-hmm. And then you get into, you know, you get into OTAs and in June and July, and okay, it's 80, 90 degrees, right? right. And then August and September roll around and it's pre and it's 90s. Like, part of that is the acclimation, mm-hmm. too. Like, there's just so much. I know it's one thing that, you know, in a normal world, if you and I were sitting down at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex right now for rookie mini camps and mini camps and OTAs, you would be, at least I know you did this last year. Talking about right how that's it's all to get you re- what what you were doing one week you better be doing something different the next week yes. and how you look one month you better be looking different the next month always getting better every one percent better each day all of these things build on each other and, and I look at it too like when we talk about a hand like uh, people who work with their hands you you know when you finally built that calluses that hardness yeah. on your hands you don't get that by just showing up the first day at work first day at work your hands are soft they're nice. It takes time to build that up. And now once it's built up, well, now your grip is even better. Now you can do things a lot more efficient. It's true. But it takes time to get there. It's no different with the body when you're talking about preparing for football. You spend all these times, these months, these weeks getting that body hard and getting that callousness about it so that way it can take the blows. Because people just associate football. And I feel like when we talk about it in the vacuum, when we talk about it in the confines of our homes or on the airways, we look at it as – Man, they're just running around doing this. But it's like, man, the running element is one part, but then the physical, the car crash element is a whole nother part that you don't just get that. Nope. That that doesn't just, oh, yeah, I've been training. I ran a 1,000 sprints today in 10 seconds at a time. Like, I'm ready to go. Like, no, nah, that, that's not going to help you when I hit you in the face. Even if you're sparring with somebody yeah. and things like that, it's not going to help hey, you. Hey, 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 you can spar as much as you want. It's different when you really get punched. <laughs> yeah. You're like, whoa. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. I didn't practice for that. Whoa. That's crazy. That hurts. I, I like that callous hands example that you have because I think everyone can relate to that. You know, I, I yeah, really not I, everybody can relate to getting hit. I, no, I agree no. with that, and that's good. That's good. That's good. We don't need you guys yeah, out there. Yeah, you, don't, you don't need that. You don't need to be. Just out take there. Mario for it. it. Sucks. You don't need to be. Why you think I play defense? Getting, getting hit all the time. But yeah, it's you know I think anybody who does lawn work, mm-hmm. you know, when it's when it's this time of year and you get out there and you're mulching and you're cutting the grass and all of a sudden you're like, man, my hands are a little broken Absolutely. up. You know, I I go through this modes. Like, once or twice a year, I go through a week, right, where I just can't put that. I, I only play my guitars, like, once or twice a year. Mm. But when I do, I'll play them for, like, three or four days. Like, I'll yeah, just go yeah. through a kick. Okay, okay. You should see my fingers at the end of the, the first two days. I mean, my, the, the— Big to my fingers, the tip, please. The tips of my fingers are just shredded. Yeah. When, meanwhile, my dad, who plays the violin every day, mm-hmm. his— the tips of his fingers are permanently calloused yeah. because it's just been the it's been the, absolutely there's you know, you don't have that that break in there where you have to build yourself back up. There's just so much that goes into all this. One of the guys, Motsi, who was talking uh, to the Steelers rookies, and I know he mentioned that whole getting your body ready in terms of the you know the the 
tissue injuries and, right. and, and a lot of that stuff that can happen with less prep time. One of the guys who was talking to Steelers rookies about that, and he referenced the, the 2011 uh, situation, was our buddy Uh-oh. Ramon Foster. The big ragu. I want to talk about that as we come back and wrap up the show. We'll take your tweets as well, too, at Wesley Euler at the body 52 The body. One more segment to go. Come back with us inside the Electric Factory on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Wrapping up the show here on a Tuesday, Adele tweets. I didn't see this tweet until now. Sigh, talking about our, uh, you know, our top of the show tweet, you know, noon to two Mm -hmm. on Steelers Nation Radio, the little preview tweet that we always put out before our shows. Uh, I guess we should do this now, Motesy. Adele. Adele. Good news. Power grid. Good news. Not good news. Great news. Great news. SNR. Good news. You're not going to have to worry uh, starting next week about the scheduling of when we're on and when we're not on. Because starting starting next week, we're going to be on every day, baby. Wow. Monday. Monday. Tuesday. Tuesday. Wednesday. Wednesday. Thursday. Thursday. Friday. Friday. Saturday. No. 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 Uh, no, Okay. All right. On work weekends. We don't work weekends. All right. All right. All right. But Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, every day starting next week, Moats and I are back for the indefinite future. You yeah, know, man. until we kind of figure out what's going on with the NFL schedule and what a potential training camp or anything like that could look like. Euler, Moats, Electric Factory, SNR, same time, same place, noon, every single day starting next week. So we're back again on Thursday of this week at noon. And then, again, starting next Monday, noon to 2, every single day, there's your show announcement. Hey, Motsi, they had us back on a part-time basis for two weeks, and that wasn't enough. We got to get the people what they want. Come on, man. Anytime Wesley Euler is rocking the mic, you really think they could just contain that young man to just two days, two hours? Nah. Four hours a week. Nah, I mean, come on. That's enough, not baby. enough. That's not enough. We can't even, like, laugh and make our, you know, our hair and the body jokes in You're four right hours. You're right about that, I man. Mean, come, come on, now. on. Uh, wrapping up the show here today, uh, we mentioned it. I wanted to talk about uh, some of this virtual rookie minicamp stuff and, and the big Ramon Foster. It is true. One of, the, one of the things he talked about was that 2011 season and how many additional injuries there were because of some of the lockout stuff and that hampering the offseason programs. It affected all the teams across the National Football League for the Steelers. What, Rashard Mendenhall tore his ACL. I, I remember. Man, it was a ton of people. Uh, there was a um, lot of guys, yeah. That was the year when Jamal Charles, didn't he tear his ACL as well? He did. Oh, the Chiefs The Chiefs yeah. got crushed by Yeah, him. I remember that. I remember the Chiefs got crushed. Jamal Charles and Eric Berry both yes. tore, tore something yeah, that was in their a rough knee. Year, man. Yeah. Uh, for the Steelers, like I said, you know, I think the way that Ramon Foster put it was returning from inactivity is dangerous. And it yes. doesn't matter if you're a young athlete, it doesn't matter if you're an old athlete. As you've mentioned, we, we've kind of drilled this into nauseam, but it's, it is all a process. Yeah, Rashard Mendenhall tore his ACL that mm. season. Uh, Joey Porter, he was with the Cardinals. Peasy. <laughs> but he had to have knee surgery that year. Yeah. Uh, Ray Lewis missed time with a toe injury. Adrian Peterson had a double knee tear that season. Mm. DeMarco Murray, that's the one, yeah. Fractured his ankle. Uh, yeah. 
torn ACLs for Jamal Charles, Eric Berry, Kenny Britt, Terrell Thomas, Prince Amukamara. Beeson. Broke his foot. Beeson. Matt Schaub, the quarterback of the Texans, had an injury that kept him out. I mean, there, there's there's 10 or 12 different very prominent injuries there. Is that— Hey, you know who wasn't on that list, though? Arthur Motes. Shout out. Is that one of the things that Even, you think— <laughs> No, go ahead. Go ahead. Get, no, your, I was gonna say, get your jokes in. Get no, your it's, jokes it's, in. No, it's funny. For, that was the 2011 season, and— we say that, hey, well, I didn't have a knee injury during the regular season. I actually had tore my uh, LCL during the preseason, though. Oh. I missed, like, I, I played in the first preseason game, missed the last, like, three after that. Yeah, so. And, actually, it was good timing in that yeah, regard. Yeah, so, so literally, it would have been that we were playing in Denver that second game, tore it then, missed all the preseason after that, came back week three okay. of the regular season. But, yeah, same thing all throughout that first year. It was crazy. Um. Assuming that that is, you know, where Ramon Foster is part of the uh, virtual, he's one of the speakers for these for the Steelers' virtual mini camp gatherings that they had this past weekend. I, I got to assume, right, that that's one of the things that he's talking about these guys with was how, what he saw happen in 2011 and how it doesn't matter if you're 20 years old or if you're 35 years old, it can happen to anybody. So how do you go? Is there any way to go about com- combating that to to limit the inactivity, if you will? Man, it's very difficult because, like we said, it's different between not everybody has in playing all this equipment too in their house. I mean, and not only do you not have the equipment, but just when you are running by yourself, or even when you're running with somebody and you're doing sprints or agility drills, you're cutting on cones, you're sprinting just yard markers. It's different when you have to react to live action football could be tackled and is win or lose right now. Like when you, even when you do some of your competition stuff in training with another partner, it still isn't the same because first off you don't have pads on. So the added weight sure. that that changes your body's dynamic it's in terms difference. of the pressure, the force that you're generating and things like that. But then you also have to take into account if me and you are out there on the field right now training West, it's just me and you on the field. I don't have to worry about the guy next to me being on the ground and me tripping over him. I don't have to worry about this guy falling into your knee that you can't see. Like, cause that's ultimately what happened to me. It was one of my D linemen. He ends up falling into me. <laughs> so those are some of the things that you don't have to really account for, but you also can't simulate either. And that's why it's like, you can try to be in the best shape. And that's one of the biggest things that he probably preached to them is, Cardio, finding ways to stretching, that. probably like stretching. yoga, yeah, and yeah, stretching. Stretching is and, yeah. huge. I wish I would have done that earlier in my career. I waited a little bit to get onto that train, but the stretch element is huge. But being in shape, because a lot of times once you fatigue, your feet get slower. You become mm. lazier. You don't you don't operate with the same level of efficiency, and that could be the difference between you clearing a situation. If it's you know people falling, leg swing, or whatever it may be, that could be the difference between you making it through there versus you not. All of you know, just the, the different inches associated with your foot placement, hand placement, things like that, just because you're fatigued. Sure. And, we know, yeah, with, te- with fatigue, right, technique is the first yes. thing to go. So that that's huge because technique is a lot of the times the, the difference between a guy being hurt and not being hurt. Sure. You talk about guys tearing pecs. Technique, you should never tear because you should never have your arms extended outside the framework of your body. But in mm-hmm. certain situations – if people get fatigued, that happens. That's one of the first things because you're not shooting your hand straight ahead. You're kind of reaching and lunging. So those are some of the things, man, in terms of just the the overall body positioning. So it's very difficult to prepare for that. But 
the biggest thing that you would have to do is just try to make sure that you put an extra emphasis on making sure that, hey, my cardio is where it needs to be because I don't know, you know, these situations I'm going to be in. I don't know, you know, how it's going to happen or when it could potentially happen, but I got to make sure that I'm in my best conditioning so that way mentally and and fundamentally I'm in my best possible position. And let's be real, stuff can still happen. It's the football. It's the National Football Absolutely. League. Absolutely. Happens all the time. But at least you have done everything in your power to protect yourself from some of those things. And, yeah, like I said, I'm sure that that's part of what the Steelers are preaching, what Ramon Foster's preaching to the young guys, certainly. Because, yeah, right, they're – I guess it's kind of the whole hurry up to wait around type thing, kind of, right? Yeah. Everyone, there's so much unknown right now, particularly for the National Football League and when they're going to start offseason programs and what it's going to look like and what. But you need to be ready to go when it's time to go, right? When yeah. The, you when don't the, have a grace period. <laughs> when the when the official at the beginning of that track fires off the gun for the hundred meter dash, you better be in the blocks and ready to go. Absolutely, man. You're not going to get that. Hey, coach, I really wasn't training the way I, I didn't have access. There's no Casey Hampton show up to training yeah. camp. <laughs> I can't. I can't show up here to get in shape. Nah, that's not gonna work, buddy. You, you either got it or you don't. I think we got it, Motsi. I hope so. And that'll do it for today. Thanks to everybody who chimed in on the dot com. So again, with the schedule here, we're back on Thursday. That's it for the rest of this week, noon to two on Thursday, right here on SNR. And then starting next week, we're back every we're back. day at noon, baby. So we'll talk to Yins on Thursday. Same time, same place. High noon. And as always, on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio.